On May 10th, accused drug trafficker Juan Orlando Hernandez had his first hearing in New York. Wearing a navy blue prison shirt and sitting next to his lawyers, Ho pleaded not guilty to drug trafficking and weapons-related charges. His legal team, led by Raymond Colon, informed the judge that Juan Orlando had been placed in extremely restrictive detention conditions inside the Metropolitan Detention Center in Brooklyn, New York. Colon complained that Ho had been denied commissionary privileges. These are basically funds that are deposited by family so that he can purchase items inside the prison. Ho, after 20 days in the Brooklyn jail, had been unable to call his family. He had been denied access to email and placed in a segregated unit, an area where he was the only prisoner. When allowed outside on what the lawyer mentioned to be a basketball court, he wasn't even allowed a basketball. Judge Castle, the same judge that heard Tony Hernandez's case, Juan Orlando Hernandez's brother, said he would look into the conditions in the prison. Meanwhile, outside the courtroom, as the hearing took place, Hondurans living in the United States gathered outside, celebrating and demanding that Ho face a prison sentence even harsher than his brother. Welcome to the Honduras Now podcast. This podcast shares human rights stories from Honduras and connects them with global issues and North American policy. I'm your host, Karen Spring, a longtime human rights activist that has lived in Honduras for over a decade. Thanks so much for listening. Today's episode is going to be short. I wanted to give you all an update on Ho's case and share an interesting interview given by Ho's defense team. Since his extradition, Ho's family has created a whole PR campaign. When his brother, Tony Hernandez, was on trial in 2019, you might remember that Ho, who was still the president of Honduras at that time, hired Arnold and Portal K Scholar, LLP, which is a powerhouse PR firm in Washington, D.C., Ho hired this firm to lobby the U.S. prosecutors to call off the investigations into his brother. But U.S. prosecutors called these PR lobbying actions as alleged obstruction efforts in his brother's case. Now that Ho is in prison awaiting trial, the Hernandez family has another PR campaign going. Ho's daughter and spouse, Ana Garcia, are constantly publishing videos talking about Ho as a father and as someone that has changed Honduras. They tell everyone using the hashtag Volverá or He Will Return. Here's an example, which I'll play fully in Spanish first and then with an English voiceover. Mucha gente se pregunta que por qué aparecemos en redes sociales hasta ahora. Y la respuesta es porque yo creo en la inocencia de mi padre. Lo que estamos viviendo es una injusticia, pero esta injusticia no solo afecta a mi papá, sino que nos afecta a todos, porque el día de mañana puede ser otro inocente el que esté viviendo esta dura situación. Yo sé que mi papá volverá. Many people ask why I haven't appeared in social networks until now. The answer is because I believe in my father's innocence. What we are living is an injustice, but it's an injustice that won't just affect my father. 
it affects everyone. Because tomorrow, another innocent person could be living in the same situation. I know that my father will return. And while Ho's family is taking to social media, Ho's legal team is proposing a pretty bizarre defense. They have hired a Dominican so-called private detective named Angel Martinez that live streams on YouTube and posts TikTok videos. His videos are flamboyant and almost raunchy, likely as a way to make him the center focus of the discussion and the controversy, maybe to take people's attention away from Juan Orlando Hernandez and the charges against him. El único investigador privado en el mundo, en el planeta Tierra. The only private investigator in the world, on the planet Earth, that is part of the defense of an ex-president extradited to the United States is Angel Martinez. In addition to the detective, Ho's family and the Honduran media keep referring to the quote-unquote Jewish community's support for Ho. As far as I've been able to understand, there are two public Jewish figures, neither of which are U.S. citizens, that are publicly supporting Juan Orlando. One is Yosef Cohen, a rabbi and a former captain of the military in the Dominican Republic. Cohen has actually gone in to visit Juan Orlando Hernandez in prison in the United States and says that Ho is seeking spiritual support through Judaism. Many see this claim of support from the Jewish community for Ho stems from the fact that it's been a long-standing demand of the right-wing figures in the Israeli government for states to recognize Jerusalem as the Israeli capital. Ho did just this. The recognition of Jerusalem as the capital of Israel became a sort of litmus test of support for the Israeli occupation of Palestine. Former U.S. President Donald Trump also famously declared that the United States recognized Jerusalem as the capital of Israel in late 2017. Palestinians maintain that Jerusalem is their capital and have never conceded sovereignty of Jerusalem. Another odd or maybe it isn't so odd and makes perfect sense, is that Ho's legal team says they're going to call President Biden, Trump, and other high-level officials to testify in Ho's trial. Apparently, they're going to try, if the judge allows it, to also subpoena El Chapo, the former head of the Mexican Sinaloa cartel, who is imprisoned in the United States. This is a street interview with Ho's attorney, Raymond Colon, immediately after Ho's first hearing on May 10th. The recording starts abruptly, but the first question has to do with Ho's detention conditions and the way he is being treated in the Brooklyn prison. The interview was recorded by the Pro Honduras Network while several media gathered around to listen and ask questions. He's, uh, you know, I mean, he is that former head of state. I mean, that doesn't give him any more privileges, but he shouldn't be, you know, treated by individuals that are uh, terroristic threats or prone to violence. I mean, it's just not. Can you tell us about the allegations that he, the U.S. says he's a drug dealer, that he cooperated with the cartels? Your side said that he actually helped the U.S. Oh, absolutely. Uh, so he's got John point. Kelly and Southern Command, uh, you know, applauding his, you know, giving him accolades. Uh, Vice President Biden was vice president. Uh, Donald Trump, when he was president, Obama as well, you know, uh, supported or at least uh, acknowledged his, his activity. He was the first president to enforce or at least uh, agree to an extradition of individuals in Honduras that were, uh, were trafficking narcotics. He sent many away. I mean, there have been threats against him and his family as a result of that. He actually uh, made sure that the Southern Command and DEA CIA and let's say DIA were also uh, kept uh, 
abreast of what was going on. And interestingly enough, in 2017, he was invited to Langley, Virginia and given a briefing. Now, nobody goes to Langley, Virginia, i.e. the CIA, and gets a briefing. If the CIA is told by the FBI or, or another agency, uh, this guy it may be a defendant down the road. Nobody. So, so obviously, a lot of the, this just shows you that the timeline happens to really sort of coincide with the uh, prosecution of Tony Hernandez, and that all these individuals that are now going to testify against my client only figured out maybe that's our way out of life sentences. Let's testify against this president. In the courtroom today, in the courtroom today, uh, there seemed to be some snickering from some in the audience when uh, you had claimed that there was no violence associated with your client. Listen, I can't control who was in the audience, but I can tell you that the overwhelming amount there supported the president. Is there snickering? I mean... You know, I can't tell you, you know, what, what that they're going to, you know, accept what I say. But that's everybody is the First Amendment here, right? I guess they can say that or snicker. And past allegations of violence involving the president. He, he has, there's no history there. There's nothing they're going to be able to prove. He was the head of state, so he was the commander in chief. And there's two charges in there about, you know, guns and machine guns. And it's like it, it's it stretches, you know. Uh, credulity that they would put those charges in there because he certainly had nothing to do with arms being involved in the trafficking uh, that he says he played a role in. I mean, if there was arms trafficking, it had to do with his brother, not him. And the allegation that he took payoffs from El Chapo and other major cartel leaders. Listen, we're going to subpoena El Chapo. He's over there in Colorado. Hopefully he'll come to, to, to the United... They'll bring him over because if the judge, if the judge orders it, the government's got to produce him. We'll hear what he has to say. No, he said, I, I believe he was actually quoted as saying, I had no uh, interaction or transactions or dealings with uh, President Hernandez Alvarado. So that's right from El Chapo's mouth. He didn't testify on his own hearing or his own trial, but hopefully he'll testify now. And some reports that you're planning on trying to subpoena some a other U.S. leaders. Absolutely. Who and do you, can you be successful? A any, well, John Kelly. Uh, all those presidents that we talked about earlier, why not? I mean, they, I mean, of course, Mr. Biden may be busy, you know, running the country, but I can't think of uh, anything that Trump is doing that's important. And I know, you know, Mr. Obama is retired, so... You think you have a shot of getting some of these orders? We're going to try. We're going to try, sir. And again, just in terms of how your client is doing. You know, it's very tough on him psychologically. He really is a person who's um, really invested in his faith in God. And the worst thing you can do with somebody like that is deny them access to the family. I read him a letter that they, they sent to me that I printed out. I gave it to him so he could have that. At least, I mean, it's a manifestation of their love. So he's got something to hold on to because he hasn't been able to speak to them. I'm going to see if the government uh, is inclined to provide a visa to his wife so they can have some sort of support. There's no reason for, to deny her a visa. It's not like she's you know going to stay here in the United States uh, beyond the time that she's allotted. And uh, she's traveled all the time all over the world. But it's just really punitive, and it's, it's part of a psychological uh, strategy to wear down him and his family. Um, we, we hope that they, they see the light and at least give his wife a visa. And we just saw a little commotion going up the street with the private investigator. They're chasing uh, him around. Mr. Martinez can be uh, controversial at times, so, you know, I hope he's all right, Mr. Perez. <laughs> you know, Mr. Perez is co-counsel on this case, Daniel Perez. But, well, you know, you hopefully nobody gets hurt, you know. And, and in terms of the support from the Jewish community? We have support from many parts of the, the community, not only the Jewish community. Certainly, they've been instrumental uh, in supporting him. Uh, Mr. Hernandez Alvarado supported Israel in its quest to move the embassy from 
Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. And that, you know, that's something because that had never been done before. He was only one of, I think, four or five countries that did that. He's had a long history of, you know, supporting the Jewish community in Honduras and Israeli interests, uh, not only in Central America, but all over the world. You know, so it's not uh, obtuse at all that they should support him. Um, he's done well by then. So, and we, and we welcome that support from the Jewish community. We have many rabbis that have been helpful in terms of um, counseling him. You know? Anything we overlooked, anything important want to stress? No, I think that uh, we're looking for a fair trial. We're sure that Judge Castell is going to give this to us. Right now, my, my communications with the prosecutors have been uh, professional and courteous, and they did, again, support my my ability to see my client, which was denied on at least three occasions. Thank you. Although there are hopes for Ho's spouse, Ana Garcia, to travel to the United States, it seems like this may be a little bit difficult. Ana Garcia recently announced on her social media sites that she had been informed that her visa to the U.S. had been canceled. Also, it's interesting how Ho's defense team is arguing that the U.S. support for Ho during his tenure as president of Honduras is proof that he couldn't possibly be a drug trafficker. As in, the U.S.'s support for Juan Orlando over the years gives Ho credibility and means that the charges must be false. As I said in the previous episode, Ho and his family maintain that the allegations stem from a vendetta by convicted drug traffickers that are angry that Ho persecuted them. The next hearing in Ho's case is in September, and Judge Castle said in the May 10th hearing that Ho's trial could be as early as January 2023. That's this short episode for today. I'll be traveling over the next few weeks getting more material for future episodes. Please consider donating, if you can, to Honduras Now. And for those that can't, share it with friends or on social media. I've been posting more materials, including translated communiques and articles in Spanish, along with the podcast show notes at HondurasNow.org. This is Karen Spring, your host. Thank you so much for listening. Hasta pronto. Por un bloque de nieve cruzado Y se ven en su fondo sagrado Cinco estrellas de pálido amor